1: It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring
0: me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on
3: the lights. I love to play. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G and back from Mexico. Mexico with new do new do a little bit of a tan will I am Perry yeah tan okay well all right If you call it a tan what would you, you call had one it one day of sun dude
4: well yeah but still
3: I don't know it looks like you threw a little bronzer on yourself <laughs>
4: <laughs> I've never done that actually
3: But the hair, we know everybody out there has been getting. I've gotten a lot of good compliments. Yeah,
4: that's true for like the last month because it's been so out of control, and now it's finally to a point where I was able to cut it.
3: Got that David Beckham thing looking, kind of yeah, spiky stuff on top, very uh, very GQ. (laughs) Uh, Looking good, dude. You always look good. Thank Um, you. Hey, my our man. We've been we've been pulling for him for the last few weeks. Jordan Spieth, finally, boom shakalaka. Well, Slam dunks the bunker shot on the first playoff hole on 18.
4: And we were talking about this the other day, uh, just about how he kind of gets this rap of like, what's wrong with Jordan?
3: Yeah, I what's he's, wrong with Jordan? Come uh, on.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, Ten wins. Uh, right, before, and he's still 24. 23. Well, yeah. before 24. Um, you know, unprecedented. The only other player to have ever done that is Tiger. Uh, he's won one other time this year. Made a run again at the Masters. Obviously had some shortcomings again was kind of in the hunt uh, at the U.S. Open. So, I mean, you know, it's the trials and tribulations of playing professional
3: golf. Absolutely. And first time's a charm at the Travelers. First time he had played in this tournament. Were you
4: surprised that he played that? I mean, Rory played as well. Um, I mean, the the event has been drawing better and better field, but...
3: Yeah, a little bit of a surprise, I have to say. Um, But it was uh, quite a duel down the stretch between... He and Daniel Berger, who has had a hot stick, uh, both driving wise and putting wise, having yeah. won two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it looked like, you know, he he was going to come out on top again for the second time in three weeks. But uh, as he said, Jordan does Jordan
4: things. Jordan things. <laughs> yeah.
3: And you know, I think you know we were having that conversation uh, last week about great players versus good players. And I think that's where you can put Jordan Spieth in the great player category absolutely, because he can make things happen.
4: And I th- isn't that kind of like, maybe we'll we'll get Bob to weigh in on that and maybe Gary Van Sickle later too, of just great players have this knack for showing up in big time opportunities. Like when the pressure is at its most, yeah, he missed a bunch of putts in that, that final nine. But, I mean, he went and hold out the bunker shot like, And it was almost perfect. All world.
3: Yeah. And then his chest bump was all world. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. With his caddy. Well, let's waste no more time. Let's go to our man, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com, to weigh in on Jordan's big win. Hey, Bob. Hey,
2: how's it going, guys?
3: Good. Uh, Pretty classic Jordan stuff on uh, Sunday, on that 18th play hole, the first playoff hole. What would you think? It was
2: tremendous. I mean, as you guys are just noting, uh, you know, he, he maybe let the tournament get away from a little bit with, um, some shaky putting there down the stretch. Uh, uh, you know, he could have probably won that thing in regulation, but what a, what a great dramatic way to win that was. Uh, the rake toss coupled with the club toss and the, uh, you know, the, the way they celebrated was really kind of cool. And it, uh, it obviously uh is probably a little bit better uh ending than you know just a mundane par on the last hole to win so it was uh it was pretty neat and uh you know good for jordan i think it really you know he played very well for most of the week and i think it's a great boost for him as well
3: well he went wire to wire uh but he had some big scares on the back nine uh, his the first one you know when he hit his drive on 13 right looked like it was going into the water and miraculously stayed on the side of the hill. I mean, it was flying in there and got stuck in the tall stuff. Then he missed a 7-foot birdie putt to save par. Then he he almost hit his tee shot on 15 into the water, you know, hit it left. And that was the hole where he made the 16-foot putt for birdie that he thought he'd missed. So you know, that's right. Then, then on seventeen, I think it was when he almost hit it into the uh, into the lake and just landed on the green. So, you know, it was definitely he got some lucky breaks. But as Jordan said, he took advantage of them and he was happy to come out on top.
2: Well, his tee shot in the playoffs hit the trees and bounced into the fairway. You know, um, you know, otherwise he's looking at. uh, you know struggling to make par as as opposed to even you know having a chance out of that out of that bunker and you know that's what I was discussing or meaning there is he kind of you know wasn't all that solid down the stretch after you know seemingly looking like he was in control but he took advantage of those opportunities and and uh you know I'm not sure we're gonna all remember all those misfits you know he he had given himself enough of a cushion with some really good play earlier in the tournament. And, and uh, that came in handy when he hit some, some, uh, you know, some suspect shots down the stretch, but yet he managed to, to overcome it anyway. Well,
4: and isn't that kind of like the ultimate mark of, of a champion, Um, you know, being able to rise above even when, you know, all those kind of mishaps do happen, especially all on the back nine, even.
2: Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt you, you know, you kind of just, do what you have to do. Uh, you make it. Uh, you, you know. You 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 sort of just persevere. I mean, you hear you hear that all the time. These guys don't always have their A game. Uh, they don't hit it perfectly every round, but they make the best of it. Sometimes when they don't have it, and you know, uh, Jordan was able to overcome some poor drives, poor approaches, and and when when it wasn't the worst results. He, he, you know he took advantage of that and and uh, uh you know and, and and was able to um you know sort of get away with some some poor shots there But, uh you know that is, is every winner every every tournament is going to have to do that from time to time you you're just not going to be perfect for 72 holes
3: I love what he said too this is i think what makes um jordan so likable he said about, you know, his finish, if I was in Berger's shoes, I'd be cursing Jordan Spieth right now for the break off the tee and then holding a 30-yard bunker shot. That's a lot of luck.
0: Good for
2: him to own it, you know. I mean, he he knows that uh, he was fortunate there. Um, you know, you, you don't expect to make that bunker shot. I mean, they just don't, you know, they just don't, those just don't go in very often, not from that distance. He was he was 20 yards away, you know, um, uh, and and obviously from where the tee shot went, um, you know, to be in the middle of the fairway. And, then, you know, that's the other thing. He's in the middle of the fairway, and he didn't really take advantage. I know he wasn't close, but, you know, after hitting it in the bunker in regulation, then he hits in that same bunker again after getting that great break. Um, you know, obviously he's hoping to hit that ball on the green there. And uh, as it was, you know, he uh, – Uh, he he was in a bunker and ends up holding it, which uh, his his good buddy Justin Thomas actually predicted a couple of seconds before on Twitter, which was pretty amazing also. Uh,
3: You know, he he missed a couple of short putts, and I think the other Fun thing about Jordan is, you know, he's constant commentary out on the course. So, you know, we get sort of a peek into what's going on in his mind, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and a lot of times he's just, you know, really kicking himself, it seems, out there. And they talked about Michael Grella really being able to, you know, reel him in in those moments. And this that certainly seemed to be the case on Sunday. Perhaps we're seeing a caddy, uh, you know, caddy-player relationship You know, developing like like Bones and and Mickelson, who, of course, we've been talking a lot about recently.
2: It's quite possible. I mean, they're a pretty good tandem already. Um, Ten tournament titles, two majors. Um, And, you know, it it takes the player to be receptive to the caddy doing that, too. That's an important factor, I think. Um, You know, there's a lot of players that don't want to hear it. You know, and so the so the caddy is in a position of not being able to rein you in because if he knows that, hey, look, he doesn't want to hear it, well then he's not gonna say anything. It's great that they have that relationship. I mean I think some guys could probably learn from from some of these player caddy uh marriages over the years. Uh you know, filling bones and I mean obviously they don't always agree. They didn't always agree, you know, um, but Phil never held it against Bones for suggesting something or trying to talk him out of something. And, and I think that was the same with, with Tiger and Steve Williams and, and, and with Joe LaCava, you know, the, 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 this latest time. And, and, and you've seen it with Jim Furick and fluff. Um, you know, these relationships are, are important. Uh, you know, I, uh, people want to sometimes say that, you know, the caddy doesn't mean much, you know, these guys might have won all the same tournaments anyway. Well, maybe not. You know, there's a shot or two here or there where they can really make a huge difference. And and uh, if the caddy is receptive to hearing that and, and, and taking it all in, then good for him because it's going to only help
0: him.
4: And they had a heck of a celebration there at the end. That was something I, I would, you know, wanted to touch on, too. You know, just from the aspect of, like, that excitement factor that we don't get all too often in golf, it's kind of fun to see every once in a while, don't you think?
2: Sure. How could they not be excited over something like that? You know, uh, uh, it was, um, you know, that was in the moment and it was, that was drama, you know, big time. And and to see that ball go in and the fans erupt and, you know, uh, pretty much, you know, that it means that you've just won. um, It's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. You know, it's great. I mean, uh, that's, that tournament will be remembered for a long time because of that.
3: Bob, let's turn to the um, Quicken Loans National, which is coming up this this week, weekend, at the TPC at Avenel near Washington, D.C. Of course, Tiger has been the host of this tournament, will not be there this week. Any updates uh, on Tiger and uh, his treatment at this point?
2: Other than uh, the fact that he's not here at the tournament, the Quicken Loans, um no i mean and i think that that's probably understandable um you know not knowing exactly where he is and what kind of treatment he's undergoing it wouldn't seem though that you know a week or 10 days into it that they're going to say oh yeah go ahead take off for a couple of days and do what you want i mean that's it's not usually how those sorts of programs work and um you know this is this is a tournament near and dear to him it was formed 10 years ago this is actually the 11th year he did it Sort of with his dad in mind, it's got a military um, theme. Uh, the, you know, the Quicken Loans National near D.C. You know, near the you know obviously nation's capital, and um, you know uh, the did the the proceeds benefit his foundation. And this is the second straight foundation-run tournament of Tigers where he's not been present. You know, he didn't go to the Genesis Open at Riviera, which was the first one under their uh, banner earlier this year when he was you know, coming off the back problems in Dubai, and now he's not at this one. And, you know, it's a blow to the tournament in in the regard, in the, in sort of in the, you know, the realm of the sponsor clearly wants access to Tiger, and having him around sort of creates interest, and, and, you know, uh, there's, there's always going to be a buzz, and, uh, you know, the golf tournament's going to be fine without him. He wasn't going to be playing anyway. You're going to, you know the, the the play will go on starting Thursday, but to not have Tiger at an event where you know his face is all over the place, uh, you know it's it's known that the Wood Tiger Woods Foundation is running it. You know it's uh, it's just sort of like another little bit of a tough deal in this whole process that he's been going through here lately.
3: Well, people may not remember, but this is where John Rahm made his professional debut last year, opening with a sixty four at Congressional. He tied for third, earning a spot in the British Open and certainly put him on the fast track to earning his PGA tour card. Uh there are a number of top players in the one, the hundred and twenty man field, including Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed and Justin Thomas. Who you have your eye on, Bob, this week
2: my eye is kind of on Ricky. You know, um he caught he caught a little flack after the U S Open for not making it more of a game on that Sunday. You know, he was he was only two shots back of the lead, and he was only one back of Brooks Koepka, uh, and he really didn't contend on the back nine. He just wasn't there, and that's two majors in a row where, you know, he had a chance going into Sunday. He was one back at the Masters. He was two back at the U.S. Open, and, and it wasn't a factor at the end. And, um, you know, it's uh, he's got to have a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder, maybe some extra motivation to try to, to try to do something here obviously it's not a major but um you know it's to to uh, to get past something like that it doesn't hurt to go out and have a really good
0: tournament
3: and we know he's pals with a lot of these guys with Jordan with Justin Thomas and uh, i think you know <laughs> those those guys are certainly competing against each other i'm sure he wants to he wants to get to the next level and win that major
2: yeah and you know with everyone that goes by it gets a little bit harder you know, uh, he's he's a little bit older than those guys. And while he's certainly not old by any means and has plenty of chances ahead, you know, every time one of these things comes and goes, there's discussions like what we're having, you know. And so um, and, you know, Sergio knows all about it. It's uh, it, it can it can get to you, you know, and uh, and, uh, you know, he had in, in 2014, he was top five in all four and had a pretty good chance at the PGA Championship. Uh, and then he, you know, sort of was not really a factor last year or, or in 2015. Now the first two majors of this year, he puts himself in perfect position going into the final round and, uh, and, and really isn't even able to, um, you know, give himself a chance heading into the back and He's sort of out of it by that point at, at both majors. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it just goes to show you how hard they are to win. Um, you know, as as we've talked about now, seven straight majors with a first-time major winner. And, you know, you probably wouldn't be surprised if any one of those guys won another one, but yet they haven't, and it's, it's just not that easy, you know, because you've got all these other guys who can win them, too.
3: That's for sure. Well, uh, we know you're heading off to some vacation, my friend. Hope uh, you have a... Uh... A good couple of weeks off, and we'll be looking forward to getting your thoughts on the open as we get closer. Bob Herrig, check out all his great coverage at you. ESPN.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96 9 the game. More golf talk coming up.
2: Uh, quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank uh, three yard and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking for.
3: we're back the golf insiders taking you home on the fairways of five four in the house holly g along with will perry will as you know we have partnered with the big summer golf card are we giving one away tonight? we're giving one away oh fantastic. it's that time it's that time um Hey, if you haven't been listening to the show, uh, this is the best deal to come to Orlando. In I met the guys last night. Actually. That's right, Bill yeah. Kazakis and his yeah. team, Greg Grove, uh, and the the chief big dog uh, Charles came in from Sarasota. This has been around on the West Coast for about twenty two years. Uh, really, really popular card to play the best courses in the area for the best prices. I know you've been using yours, Will P. Yep. And um, Hopefully I
4: can get some more rounds in soon.
3: It is, uh, you know, 30, 33 courses throughout Central Florida, the best, the ones you'd expect. You can go online and check it out at TheBigSummerGolfCard.com. And through the end of this month, you can purchase it just through the Golf Insiders for $30. That's half price. Uh, normally $60, 30 bucks. Just go to TheBigSummerGolfCard.com. And we are going to give away one right now. Caller number four, 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255, 407-916-8255. Caller number four for your big summer golf cart. We're going to waste no more time because, Will, there's two big majors going on this week. And the first one is the LPGA's second major of the year, the KPMG. women's pga championship sounds weird still saying that uh, yeah it does a lot of alphabet soup and uh, (laughs) at at olympia fields (laughs) one of uh, the greatest venues in the chicagoland area we're going to go to steve eubanks who's there from global golf post hey steve
0: how are you holly
3: doing well uh this is shaping up to be one exciting major steve Uh, lots of lots of players really playing well all, you know, Michelle Wee sort of back in the mix here after you know, completely being derailed last year. Uh, Lexi Thompson. And then, of course, you know, going down the list of the top uh, five in the world rankings, including um, Chitanya Guard and Lydia Ko. And there's just a great mix of players. Fill us in.
0: Well, the winner so far, and, and before we tee it up, has been the golf course. Holy smokes, is it good? I mean, it is in fantastic shape. I was out here for the U.S. Amateur several years ago and thought it was good then. They have exceeded expectations this year. It's better than it was then. The fairways are as lush as any of, I've, I've ever seen. Uh, the rough, while a little thick, is still playable. You're going to be, you know, you're going to get some flyers out of it, but there's no, not going to be a whole lot of hacking it back to the fairway. But the greens are incredibly firm and fast right now. Uh, unless they, we get some, some showers, which are expected, uh this is gonna be a very, very tough golf course.
4: Steve, I mean there are some monster pairings uh this week with Allison Lee and Brooke Henderson and Jutanyugard, and then you've got Sandra Gal, Stacey Lewis and Michelle Wee, um, Shen Shen Feng and Kerry Weber together, So Yun Yu, Jarena Piller and Suzanne Pedersen. I mean from a from a entertainment value standpoint, and the fan perspective, they're going to get some some solid play in in the first two days.
0: You can't believe it. I mean, I, the PGA has done a tremendous job in making sure that the fan experience is going to be terrific. Um, you know, you you're, you mentioned it. I mean, but when you take all of the top players and you look at you you put them in two or three groups together, um, it's really going to be something special to watch. And look for the long hitters this week. I mean, the people who are going to be able to move it out are definitely going to have a decided advantage because uh, these fairways will will be kind of tight, and you want to have some of the shorter irons into uh, into some of these very firm greens. Um,
3: one little bit of um, of you know sad news uh, it was the fact that Lexi Thompson's mother uh, is battling uterine cancer. It was announced uh, that she was not going to be doing any. Uh, pre-tournament media interviews, uh, you know, due to kind of the emotional toll that the di- that diagnosis has taken on Lexi. Obviously, she, you know, coming off the ANA, she's probably one of the you know uh, lead contenders in in this major. How is she doing?
0: You know, I hugged her in the hallway today, Holly, and I told her that uh, that everybody was was thinking about her and praying for her family, and you could tell that it was wearing on her. Um, it, it's just it's one of those things that. You know we we talk about golf a lot but when something like this hits it reminds you what how really insignificant the game is and you know how important life is and, and the relationships that we have and and i'm just you know I'm just proud to know that uh, that Judy is getting the absolute best care possible and and uh you know all we can do is give them our best wishes
3: and lexi being uh, in our neck of the woods coral springs Florida we know and have seen her that her you know mother and father have Uh, huge supporters of her uh, was right there at the tournament at the ANA uh, after you know she finished that emotional uh, round and we know she's you know very very close to her mom.
0: Of course yeah I mean they are they are as supportive as any parents out here and and have been with her every step of the way since she was a junior and you know to have this kind of thing come down uh, it's devastating any time to have it come down when you're when you're trying to prepare for a major championship, it's just you know, it's just very, very heartbreaking.
4: Well, and she's already rallied a little bit amongst uh, adversity, if you will, earlier in the year. I mean, what sort of momentum, even taking that, you know, could that be some inspiration for her as well? I mean, what, what does she kind of bring into this tournament? She's always one of those players on the short list to look for in the majors.
0: Oh, I mean, look, he, but prior to this news breaking, we were standing on the range saying, okay, how much does Lexi win by? Uh, it, was, it wasn't a matter of if she was going to, it was when and by how much. Uh, simply because of the uh, the, the way the, the golf course set up, the length, her, her advantage driving it. Um, you know, if she if she just putted decently, she was going to run away with it. Now, you never know how people are going to respond to this kind of thing. Uh, so, sometimes people are able to use the emotion of this to, to rally themselves to to better performance. You know, sometimes they fall apart. You just never know. so So we just wish her the best in every every way this week.
3: Well, you touched on the the length of the course. Does that bode well for Michelle Wee, as we know she's one of the power hitters out on tour? It
0: is, and the other thing that michelle um is, is has doing now that will be a big benefit to her is she's kind of gone the whole Bruce Litsky route. She just hits this big cut now. And it, it's not it's not necessarily a fade at times. It's a 20-yard a slice. Uh, but you can find it. It's in play at all times. So uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, she sacrifices a little bit of distance by doing that, but she hits it so long anyway, she's still 10 or 15 yards past everybody else. Uh, but she's in play, and that's been the most important thing for Michelle.
4: I'm talking about longer players, I mean, Aria um being one of the longer players on tour— Um, just kind of um, losing, if you will, the number one ranking to Soyeon Yu. I mean, this course probably sets up really well for her, too.
0: She's hitting that three-wood as long as anything I've ever seen. I mean, she's pounding that past everybody else's drivers right now. Uh, And and there's really no need for her to pull driver out of the bag as long as she hits that three-wood. And it's a penetrating ball flight. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch to see uh, if she's able to keep that thing in play uh, and if she's able to keep calm and keep the mindset necessary to be able to to grind it out on a difficult course like this.
3: Well, let's not also forget the defending champ, Brooke Henderson, uh, who won a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, she seems to be trending in the right direction as well.
0: Really coming into form. I mean, Brooke has really played well of late and obviously enters this event with a lot of confidence. She plays well at major venues. And before we take off, I, I don't want to, I don't want to discount the player who just did ascend to number one in the world, so Yu, you, who is, uh, for, for in my book, for the last six months has been the uh, certainly the best ball striker out here, but the most consistent player. I mean, from last November through May, she did not she was in the top ten every single week. So uh, it, it would be foolish to count her out, uh, especially given the performance I saw last week in Arkansas uh, when I followed her around as she shot 61. Holy smokes, that was an incredible show.
3: And a lot of people may not realize that she shares the same uh, swing coach, Cameron McCormick, uh, as Jordan Speed.
0: Cameron's been out here all week this week. They were on the range just a few minutes ago getting a little extra work before the storms blew in. So, uh, look, I, I, I think she is as ready as anyone could possibly be to repeat as a major champion.
3: And speaking of swing coaches, our very own Gary Gilchrist from uh, lovely Howie in the Hills here at Mission Inn Resort in Orlando. Gary now has three of the uh, top six in the world rankings that he's coaching, Jutanya Garn, Lydia Ko, and Shen Shen Feng.
0: Yep, and uh, Gary, of course, is here as well. I saw him out with Lydia a little earlier today. and uh, He's a busy guy uh, having to spread it around. We- He really is. He's he's got a golf cart. They're running him around.
3: So, So, Steve, uh, who who are you picking? Uh, This this really is building up to be one of the most exciting majors, I think, at this point.
0: Yeah, it really is, and and I've always believed that experience counts in a situation like this. I look at Envy Park, quite frankly, Mm, and I look at Silent Assassin. The silent assassin, who is who has been just grinding away on the putting green, getting her getting her putting back in the form that she wants it, and to, to see her come back the way she had did in Arkansas after making a triple bogey, and uh, and play as well as she did, man, it's it was really really special. So I, I think that NB is right in the form necessary to to take this major again.
4: Did you ever think we would say that NB Park is a little bit of a sleeper? Like that's kind of wild, actually.
0: It really is. But it just shows the depth of the, of the women's game right now. I mean, we were just talking about it a little earlier. Stacey Lewis's scoring average right now is lower than it was the year she won the Bear Trophy. And she's not even in contention for that right now. It's just the depth of the fields.
3: And we haven't even mentioned Christy Kerr.
0: Right. <laughs> who, who's, who, who, who is a, speaking of a silent assassin. You can never count her out.
3: That's for sure. Well, I think it's going to be a great week in Chicago. And how's the weather shaping up? Is it are we going to be looking good this weekend, or is it going to become a factor?
0: A little breezy. Probably going to have some pop up thunderstorms, but that's Chicago in the summertime.
3: All right. Well, we appreciate it, Steve. We know you're a busy guy. Uh, thanks for joining us from the press room at Olympia Fields, the LPGA second major of the year. Steve Eubanks. Check out all his coverage on globalgolfpost.com. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Ollie. You're listening to 96.9 The Game. More talk. Cough Talk coming up.
0: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well,
2: it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is.
0: Don't play in Pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. it be
2: good to just make it hard.
3: We're back, the Golf Insiders, in the house, Holly G, along with Will Perry. Once again, don't forget, get your Big Summer Golf Card, Florida's number one golf privilege card for 22 years now in Orlando. You can play some of the best courses in the area, 32, 35 courses on it now, Will. um, Buy your card now. Go to BigSummerGolf.com. And uh, right now you get a special discount Normally sixty bucks, thirty bucks, because you are a listener of the Golf Insiders. Sounds well, like a good deal. Absolutely good deal. We only give away good swag, Will Always. Perry. So uh, we have another major, the U.S. Senior Open, that is happening this week in the lovely state of Massachusetts, and a guy who is from that area. We're going to check in with him to get the scoop on the Senior Open. Kevin Casey from Golf Week. Hey, Kevin.
5: Hey, Holly. How are you doing today?
3: Doing well. Thank you. Uh, So they have headed to uh, Peabody? Is that they're going to be playing at um, the Salem Country Club, I believe?
5: That is correct. The first time it's hosted the event since 2001. I know they did some redesign work. I think it was about a $500,000, a little bit more, I think $550,000 renovation project at a player's behest or – kind of the complaints made about the greens. So seems like the course is in tip-top shape this time.
3: Well, we've got some uh, fun fun uh, golf coming up. Freddie Couples winning last week. Great to see Freddie back in the winner's circle after a couple of months' layoff again, probably due to his back, correct?
5: Yeah, no, he's, he, always, he always has his back issues. They never go away. He manages it as, as well as he can. I mean, even though he's... Uh, had some back problems this year and last year and throughout his career. I mean, he's still thriving. He's won twice this year on the Champions, our P.J. Tour Champions, as you mentioned, including last week. Nice come-from-behind win. And in his one P.J. Tour start this year, top 20 at the Masters, he always seems to, doesn't matter how old Freddie is, uh, you know, he can still tee it up at Augusta and (laughs) seemingly be in contention at some point in that tournament.
3: Yeah, it's It's really remarkable because, you know, as we know, having um, experienced what Tiger's gone through with his back problems and some of the other tour yeah. players, the fact that he's been able to ongoingly uh, manage this and continue to be playing golf at this stage, you know, of his life is, you know, just a huge testament to his talent. But imagine how many wins Fre- Freddie might have racked up without this, without this back problem.
5: That's true. I mean, yeah, when he... Came out on tour, he had boundless talent, and he, you know, it didn't go away. He always had boundless talent, and you know, you would just look at his record. Uh, you know, PJ tour wise, won 15 times and a major, and that's a great record that 90, 98, 99 percent of professional golfers would take. Uh, but if you're Fred Couples and you have his talent, you wish he, he could have done a little bit more. But yeah, he, you know, it's tough because it's tough to it's, it's tough to criticize him on that because a lot of it has to do with back issues that he can't control. He tries to deal with them as he can, but you know, he can only do so much, and you know, he did, he could have easily won the 98 Masters, but uh, some other guys, Marco mirror obviously in particular, just play really well, so yeah, so I mean, yeah, Freddie could have done more, but obviously his injury's gone way a little bit, and you know, he can't really control that.
3: Steve Stricker will be playing this week, and boy, he's he's been on quite a, a road trip, if you will, the last few weeks, playing in Aaron Hills in front of the home crowd, then he went and played in the uh, championship last week which was also in wisconsin so it's it's been quite a couple of weeks for for stricker
5: oh for sure yeah i know aaron Hill, he played real well too i mean he wasn't really in contention going to the final day but tied for 16th, especially at his age with you know that course played uh 77 7800 yards aaron hills at the u.s open and he <laughs> he was just fine he finished top 20 and as you mentioned wisconsin his home state and you know, he originally had uh, tried to get a special exemption to the U.S. Open and the U.S. state denied him. So he said, okay, I get it. I'm just going to go and try and qualify. And he ended up being medalist to the sectional and easily qualified for the U.S. Open. And then, as I mentioned, played well there. And, yeah, went to uh, – I think he actually was host of the um, Champions Tour event, uh, the uh, American Family Insurance Championship last week, and finished tied for third there. So, yeah, it's been a pretty good stretch for Steve, who – uh it became more of a part-time golfer, I guess, a couple years ago, but it's become more full-time, I guess, the last year or so.
4: So how about Bernard Halonger, who's already taken the first two majors on the Champions Tour already this year, coming in, you know, in full form. Is it kind of his to lose?
5: I would agree. I mean, yeah, he's definitely the favorite. Uh, you yeah, know, he, uh, as yeah, he's mentioned, one last two majors, Regions and a senior PGA. And with the senior PGA win, that's his ninth career champion, PGA Tour Champions major and that actually set the record, because Jack Nicholas held the old one at eight, so he just been on a roll. I mean, I guess his fourth place finish at the Principal Charity Classic a couple weeks ago is, I guess, a little bit of a slump there, I guess, considering you know his previous two Some tournaments slump. were major championship wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, you know, Bernie Longer, just doing what is, he normally does. He's got three wins this year. I, I don't know if he's had an event where he's finished outside the top ten of the PGA champ, Tour Champions this year. You know, he just you know, with him, the average is four or five wins a year. It's probably, you know, every year he's going to be in contention, if not going to win the Charles Schwab Cup. So, yeah, no, he's definitely the favorite going on this week. Uh, you know, it will be, it'll be interesting to see if he can make it three straight majors, and you now obviously that'd be double digits for PJ Tour champion's career if he can get it done.
4: What about VJ, who finished uh, second to him at the the Kitchen Aid uh, PGA earlier in the year? I mean, he's had a couple of strong starts in the PGA Tour even this year.
5: He has, yeah, yeah, VJ still plays a lot in PJ Tour because you know he can, and obviously you know you want to be competitive at the highest level. And he does, he has had he has you know struggled uh, a little bit on the tour this year. Uh, I think he's he's missed a ton of cuts. Uh, played 15 events, I think, and missed about uh, 10 or 11 cuts or something like that. But you know, you mentioned right, he has had a couple good finishes. He did play very well with the players, even with a. He was in the I think penultimate, penultimate group on Saturday at the players and he did shoot seventy nine that day, but still finished top twenty five, so and that's you know, maybe the best field in all of golf. So, I mean, that's really promising. So if he can still do that against PJ Tour fields, you know, he, he's still got a chance any week on the P J Tour champions as you know, as the second place finisher, the senior PJ would attest to that
3: john daly was forced to withdraw uh, from the u.s senior open with a shoulder injury uh he would have been fun to watch on this track
5: oh for sure yeah he definitely would have been it yeah it's tough to see uh you know john uh out of this tournament but you know what you know you gotta you can't really force force through an injury like that so good on him for trying to be healthy and everything and you know what uh I, I, I think about a few days before his absence, actually, his son, uh, Little John Daly or John Daly II, actually made his first hole-in-one competition. So that's pretty exciting, and he's a good young player who actually, uh, his dad, you know, John Daly Senior, obviously uh, says uh, his swing, his son's swing is even better than his. So um, you know, that's that's a little exciting there. You know, his son's kind of uh, getting up in the ranks there. But yeah, back to John Daly. I mean, obviously, he's the guy who gets the most attention on the PGA Tour champions, and he did win recently. So even though he's out this week, you know, he'll still be a draw for years to come on this tour.
3: Well, the talent on this tour, just as tight as uh, as, as the PGA Tour, and it's exciting to watch some of these guys still competing on both. Steve Stricker sitting at uh, 12th this week on the uh, Sh- Charles Schwab Cup money list. So, uh, wow, it's it's amazing to see these guys be able to compete on, on both uh, tours. It's pretty exciting. Who's your pick?
5: Uh, see, I'm, I think I'm gonna go chalk here. I'm gonna go with Bernhard Longer. I mean, just uh, you know, he's won the last two majors, and uh, I think he's he never slows down. So I mean, it's it's probably the safe pick because you know, even if he doesn't win, he's probably gonna finish top five. So I'll I'll go with chalk. I know it's not I know it's not uh, an out of the box pick or uh, feet too risky, but that's that's who I feel is gonna win. So I'm gonna go with Bernhard Longer.
3: All right. Well, as always, uh, Golf Week covering so deep golf from the junior level, the college level, and of course, uh, the seniors as well as the LPG Tour and the PGA Tour. Thank you so much, Kevin Casey, for spending a few minutes with us.
5: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Holly. Always appreciate it.
3: Alright. You're listening the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. And then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well.
3: I'll
2: be all right. We're back,
3: the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of Intelligent Golf Talk in the house, Holly G and Will Perry. How is it that we get Gary in this segment? And that's always my lead in, you know, Intelligent Golf Talk. And yeah. then... And then Mr. Van Cynical, the, well, the best. He always brings the great insight. I, that's absolutely right. You save the best for last. Yeah. Right, Gary?
1: No, the intelligent golf talk is about to come to us. Screeching halt <laughs> right
3: now. <Yep>. <laughs> <Ruh-ruh>. <laughs> Just like everybody on I-4 right now. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe this, Gary, but we're three months out from the 2017 President's Cup, which is... Uh, Going to take place at Liberty National Golf Club, which should be quite interesting, outside a uh, beautiful New York City. And oh my
1: gosh, you've just won the prize for the for knowing where it among is among the media of the of the Presidents Cup by any non PGA Tour outfit. Incredible.
3: <laughs> Well, you know, this is some interesting stuff that I was reading earlier today because um, there are five players right that have, I guess are, are have reached their status. Maybe you could explain the points list because I know it's separate from FedEx Cup and the money list and all that good stuff. but it's it's pretty funny because Dustin Johnson's like the old guy at thirty three, while Jordan is the young guy at twenty three. And in between, we've got Justin Thomas, 24; Daniel Berger, 24; and Kevin Kisner. Well, I guess he's tied 33 with DJ. I didn't realize he he's yeah. he's been around that long. But um, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, rookies here uh, in terms of Team USA.
1: Well, I think I think we're long. You know, I say we. I think the U.S. teams are long overdue for a widespread infusion of young blood. I mean, how many times? Can you go back through the Ryder Cup losses? How many times is the U.S. going to keep trotting out Phil and Tiger and Jim Furyk and Stuart Sink and Steve Stricker? Uh, all these old timers, who I mean, old timers in a relative term in golf. And, and Europeans kept bringing up, you know, some new guy every every two. You know, they got Thomas Peters, and uh, they've had a number of young talent over the years. So I think it's great. I think. That's something that's badly needed. I think it'll help the Ryder Cup team that these guys will get some experience in this. And, you know, it's funny because like everybody else, uh, you know, it's easy to make fun of the President's Cup, and I've done my share. No. But every, time, every time they play it, there's no format in golf that's more fun to watch than team match play. And if you can get past the relative irrelevance of the President's Cup, Tell me when you've watched it. I mean, they weren't all close, but it's a good show. You watch it, you get sucked into the matches. It's fun when match play is way better on TV than stroke play. It's fun to watch. I mean, that last one in Japan was, uh, in Korea, rather, Sang Moon Bay. I mean, it was exciting. It was fun. So I hate to say it, but I, I like it. And I've always felt like the Americans had a, had a duty to, to have this event. I mean, if Samuel Ryder was starting the Ryder Cup today, do you think it would have been the U.S. versus Great Britain and Ireland, the U.S. versus Europe? The whole world plays golf now. The Ryder Cup, there should be some kind of worldwide team championship, and this is what we need, and I've said many times, the Ryder Cup should be a three-way three-way show where the defending champ plays whoever, the, whoever lost the uh, – the defending champ of the Ryder Cup should always play the winner of the President's Cup. And it should rotate like that. That way, you get three teams involved. You'll be able to sell the rights fees for the Ryder Cup around the world. Because can you imagine the first time Japan or Korea has a guy in the Ryder Cup, they'll go crazy. You make a ton more money. You'll triple your revenue. And uh, you know, if you if you win the Ryder Cup, you get a year off from the Presidents Cup. So all those Americans who complain about having to play every year, they get to have a year off. And it makes the Presidents Cup do or die. Every time it's held, because the winner goes to the Ryder Cup. Hey, you lose a Presidents Cup a couple times, you may not get back in the Ryder Cup for six or eight or ten years. It's a win-win all the way around, and uh, you know, it'll probably never happen. Just like Iraq and Egypt will never, you know, be friends. But um, <laughs> well, a guy can a guy can dream, can he?
4: Well, that I think that rant might have just earned you a consulting gig with the RNA and the USGA and the powers that be with uh, all the the governing bodies to well, put that together. So. We'll send That's them right. the clip on your behalf.
1: Well, you know it's funny. I was sitting in the back of the press room at the Ryder Cup in Ireland at K Club, and I happen to be have my my seat was against the wall where people come in. I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know I wasn't paying attention. I look up, and there's a guy standing right next to me. It's Tim Fincham, commissioner of the PGA Tour, and our we make eye contact. It's like, oh, okay, time for an awkward moment. Gotta <laughs> so make conversation. I say. Hey, Tim, what do you think about this? And I run through what I just ran through with you, the, my three-way Ryder Cup thing. I get done. You know what he says? He goes, well, you wouldn't be opposed to that. I almost fell out of my seat. <laughs> well, why would he be opposed? It would elevate the President's Cup to the Ryder Cup, even though it's kind of the qualifier, but they'd be part of this whole big thing. But, you know, back to your point, you're going to ask the PGA Tour and the PGA of America to share money and to share power and all that, and uh, you know, it won't happen. But Tim Fincham thought it wasn't, a, you know, he kind of liked it. It's like, wow. But yeah, let's uh, so let's write your congressman and see what we can ha- see if we can make it happen.
3: We we need to crank up uh, Aerosmith's Dream On right now. Well, come on, Tom, where are you? You're asleep at the wheel there behind the behind the glass. Uh, so the next five t- uh, names in the team slots at this point are uh, Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Chapo brian harman and captain america himself patrick reed he should be uh somebody to watch for for uh, no, liberty what, national what does
1: that what does that team holly what does that team sound like to you that sounds like a pretty good team that's a bunch of young guns i love you it know, we've talked we've talked about how the the way the game is played now hitting and hard and all that that maybe the the average age of your prime years has dropped instead of being 35 to 42. Maybe now it's 26 to 32, you know, because these guys got to hit it hard. Uh, you know, name the only name on there I wouldn't be, like, super thrilled with would be Brian Harmon, who was a pretty good player. But those other names you read, that, that's a good team. Who, who, who are you missing?
3: And you got you know, Stricker. Or... You got you got Str- missing
1: Phil. We're not going to miss Phil. Keegan Bradley. Now, he, you know – there's, there's nobody missing from that list that you go. Oh, we can't have a team without Zon. You got them all right there. I like it.
3: Yeah, and you got Stricker as the captain, and he's you know bringing in his uh, power team as assistants between you know Tiger and Davis Love and uh, Freddie well, too. I think it, isn't it, he? It'll, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It'll be interesting to see if Tiger fulfills that duty because. You know, with everything that's gone on with him, he knows he's a one-man sideshow, a distraction. And I know he's—you know—when he was assistant captain, at the Ryder Cup, he didn't want to be a distraction. I mean, you give get him credit; he's a—he's a good team guy, at least from all we can tell. So he's going to have to come out. He's going to have to come back in the public eye first before he goes to the Presidents' Cup, because I don't think that can be the first time he comes back to the public. Because uh, that would be a that would be a circus, and it would detract, and you know.
3: So we'll see. I, All right, you know, we, gotta yes, run, we Gare. got to run, Gear. Excited about the Presidents Cup. Good job. I know we are too. Oh, we going with picks? Quick, I'm going to
4: go with uh, Justin Thomas. That's who it was.
3: Oh, Justin Thomas. I'm going with Patrick Green. Okay, we're out of here. The Golf Insiders. We love you. We'll be back next week.